Hey, it's Jen, and welcome back to our community. This podcast is where we're getting real about wellness rituals, life-changing habits, and having relatable conversations with friends about mental health, social media, morning routines, or lack thereof. And we're talking about that thing that you thought no one else could relate to. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our community. We are officially back in business, people. Dare to Self-Care is back. If you're new, welcome. We have new branding. We have a new cover art. We have a new intro. You're welcome. My old intro was so freaking annoying. I could not listen to it anymore. I honestly think this rebrand was necessary just to feel more aligned with everything I was doing. I knew that I loved podcasting, but something just didn't feel quite right. And I also was burnt out. And so I just think we needed a minute to rebrand, reassess, and I'm super excited. We have a YouTube channel now. I'm going to be posting both full episodes and then I'm going to try to also post like smaller clips of highlights of the episodes on there. YouTube shorts. I mean, we're just video, video, video over here. That is my specialty. I hate photos anyway. You know, the the landscape of social media is really working in my favor. People want less aesthetic and more video. And that is me in a nutshell. (laughs) So if you're new, I am also a YouTuber and that is like my bread and butter. So I'm loving it. I'm loving TikTok, anything where I can just be myself and be on video or on a mic or good. We're not doing, you know, this podcast photo shoot was really hard for me, but we, we did it and the art is worth it. So we have a really long episode, not really long, but you know, with Erica, we just bounce off each other and really just let the energy flow. So I'm going to try to keep this intro pretty short, but it's been a minute since I caught up with you guys. So just like some housekeeping, we are everything about the podcast is obviously like pretty much staying the same, you know, with this rebrand, but we are going to have more. I realized that one of my most top downloaded episodes by you guys was called Girl Chat. And it was me and two of my friends on one mic. It's the worst audio ever, but you all loved it. Like you can barely hear us, I swear. So I realized, you know, there's so many like TikTokers and people in New York City that I'm friends with that I want to have on the podcast. And I was like, let's just keep it less formal. Let's do it in person. And I think you're going to love those kinds of episodes. So we're still doing these like you know, in-depth wellness specific episodes like this one you're about to hear. But I'm also going to do a lot of just like relatable conversations with friends. I bought another mic. We're going to be doing more in person. So it feels more conversational. And you'll kind of notice I stop asking for your top self-care tip at the top of the episode. I think I do in this one. I don't even know. I end up just diving in with people. I personally hate when there's like a whole few minutes wasted with like thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you? Like, no, I just want to dive right in as if we were like mid coffee date. So something I'm trying out. So yeah, you're going to just feel my more like comfortable energy here on the mic, I hope. And I feel more aligned with the branding. So if you're new here every single week, we dive into what was in alignment and out of alignment for me the past week. And you guys reflect on yours as well. And if you want to share what yours is, then you could join our Geneva group and pop it in there. I have to be more active on there. It's like just been chaos over here. But anyway, you can put it there. You can put it in the comments on our reel from this episode, wherever you want to share it. I will be listening. I will be answering. And yeah, 
All right. So I'm going to keep this brief because what was in alignment and out of alignment for me this week really was the move. So if you don't follow on TikTok or YouTube, first of all, what are you doing? Support me, people. But also, you wouldn't know that I just moved this week. I moved upstairs, but to a much bigger, brighter, not bigger. Square footage is honestly the same, but it feels bigger and a much brighter apartment, a bigger living room, and it just feels so much better. It's more renovated. So that's in alignment. However, what's out of alignment is the stress and anxiety that comes with that. And I don't know if you can relate, but a huge thing about me that I was just laughing about with my therapist is I go through seasons and waves of being super social or being super zoned in on either career or something else. And right now I'm super zoned in on my move and also managing my full-time job with my side hustles. Like there's a lot going on. So with the move and trying to settle in here on top of that, there's no time for socializing. I don't want to answer your text message. I don't want to make a plan for in two weeks. I don't want any plans on my calendar. Leave me alone. (laughs) I love talking to my friends. I love being with my friends, but I'm just in that state right now where I'm like, I do not want to commit to anything. Like I, I can only handle so much. So That's kind of out of alignment, but in a few days, we're going to Colorado to visit family, and I'm so excited for that because even though we were a little stressed about doing that in the middle of this move, I think it's going to be really great for us to just get out of this stressful situation, take a vacation. We're taking off work, which is much needed. Haven't done that yet in this new job, and then we can come back and just be like, you know, fresh eyes, ready to go, recharged, re-motivated. I'm going to paint the walls in here, so... Subscribe over on YouTube and you'll be able to really follow in depth like my whole journey here with decorating the walls and moving and all of the things with my moves. So I'm really determined to finally make an apartment a home because I don't feel I've ever really done that. So that is my goal for 2023 is to make my apartment a home and I'm zoned in on that. So Let's get into this episode. If you are unfamiliar with Kundalini, unfamiliar with Erica, her platform is called Evolve by Erica. Her Instagram is inkale.xkale. If you're unfamiliar with her and Kundalini, I do recommend going back to our first episode we recorded together. That one's going to be called Kundalini 101. I will link it in the show notes. And it's really like beginner basics. What is Kundalini? And we also did a live podcast recording the other week, which was un like incredible. We just, I finally met her in person and we're, it's just crazy that we're just meeting for the first time in person because we're so connected. But I interviewed her for her podcast, which was also kind of like back to basic style Q&A on Kundalini. So you can catch that. She just uploaded that last week when you're listening to this. So her podcast is Evolved by Erica podcast. You can listen to that. I will link all of this below in addition to a promo code that I have for you guys to try out her platform. So you can find that linked below in the show notes as well. If you listen to this episode and realize I really want to try this out for a month, I have a promo code for you. With all of that out of the way, let's introduce Erica. This is us diving deeper. It's like a part two to the first episode that we recorded together. We are going to dive much deeper into not only Kundalini, but just cultivating a spiritual practice and what comes with that. You know, what happens when there there's other people's negative energy in your space and you're trying to stay in this higher frequency? What can you do? What are tangible things you could do in the moment? How to handle, you know, wanting to rub off on other people and help other people, but also like 
feeling guilty for leaving people behind in your journey, we just dive into so much. We dive into the nitty gritty. I'm like, okay, Kundalini is really hard and can be super physical. What if you have shoulder pain? What do you do? Like we just dive 10 layers deeper and we just, I love her so much. So enjoy this episode. I feel like I just spoke a mile per minute, but I'm so excited to be back and yeah. All right. Let's get into the episode. Okay, we're here. <laughs> Woo! Welcome back to the podcast. We figured it out. Thank you so much for doing this with me again. I feel like I could have you on once a month. <laughs> I love it. I can talk with you all day, any day. So I'm so grateful and excited. Me too. I was thinking about it. I did not prep for this like I normally do for other episodes. I was just like, I don't really need to prep. Like, I feel like it's just going to flow. And if I try to stick to my questions, like we go on tangents and we just don't need to do that. (laughs) I feel you. I actually don't prepare for any of my podcasts ever. (laughs) I just flow. See, I end up flowing, but it's like I need the prep just so that like I have that innate curiosity if I like don't know a lot about someone, but I already know you and love you and like I just know it'll flow. (laughs) So I love that and I love you. I love you so much. I can't wait to like have you to myself for as much as I do now. Okay. Yay. (laughs) Did you want to tune in? I would love to. I I did before this, but it's so nice doing it together. Me too. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my God. It was just 111. That's my Uh, my See. (laughs) All right. We'll take a long deep breath and then an exhale and then we'll tune in. Inhale. Exhale. And inhale to tune in. Om Namo So centering. Why does that feel so good? Right? Like, yeah. It's like I'm, you want to tune in. It's like, of course, <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs> I'm buzzing right now. I just did your four stroke, like five minute micro breath meditation because I literally had five minutes before the recording. And I actually want to tell you because this happened to me yesterday. I woke up, I'm PMSing, I have anxiety, I'm irritable. So I wake up, I'm like saying to my boyfriend, you're being weird, like picking a fight essentially. Mm-hmm. Not satisfied with his answer. And he was like, okay, I'm going to meditate because that's – he was like, I'm continuing on with my morning routine like you're being crazy. So I go into my room. That's when I'd usually meditate. 
and I was convincing myself every reason why I shouldn't mm-hmm. doing one of your like 11 minute stress relief breath works. He goes and meditates. Most of the meditation, I'm thinking about all the things I want to say to him and I'm like still mm-hmm. in that state. But by the end of it, I kid you not, I, it was like magic. At some point in the last like minute, there was a shift and I woke up just so calm and so collected and communicative. And I walked in to the bathroom where he was like to wash up and he was like, and he just woke up from his meditation. He was like, Jen, I think I took it too far and I'm sorry. And like, we just communicated so Mm -hmm. calmly when I tell you I was ready to like pop off like PMS crazy girl (laughs) syndrome. And I woke up from my meditation like Miss Zen. It was so crazy, like the physical Mm -hmm. shift that I experienced. Yeah. It's so powerful. And I am continued. Like I've been practicing now for over five years, maybe about six years. And I'm, I just continue to be so humbled, amazed and wowed by what we have within ourselves and this practice that we have access to that we're so lucky to have access to. And it's true. It, it helps us. That's, it really aligns us to our higher self. So in moments where we want to be reactive or we want to act from our ego or we want to act from that lower vibrational state, we're able to call ourselves out and see through our own BS and it just completely shifts the frequency. So it's amazing because I, I need to commend you for that because sometimes when we're in a lower state, it's very easy to stay in that space. And what, and that's what our daily practice helps us to do, not stay in it and call ourselves out when, they're, when we're in that funk or that frequency. You knew better. You knew the place you were acting from. And you're like, if I just get to my meditation, it will get better in some way. And thoughts can continue to come in. And instead of stopping, you just push through and you're able to shift the frequency and transmute it. And now I have the evidence too. Mm. Like I have that evidence that when I was in my crazy hormonal state, Mm -hmm. I actually can shift that through my breath in just 10 minutes. Yeah. And to be able to just draw back to that, it's like you have to allow yourselves opportunities to like create that evidence so that you can always go back to that. And I know you said we're so lucky to have this practice, but I actually I was doing morning call the other day and I thought of you, obviously, because I was listening to your voice. <laughs> I was thinking about how I was so grateful to you specifically. There is no one else offering Kundalini as accessibly, as relatably, and as cool as you are, for lack of a better term. Like there I, I'm not kidding. I've searched. I've searched for no other reason than like when I have this thought about you. I'm like, is there anyone else? There's like really not. And I talk about you to everyone. The amount of people I've gotten into Kundalini, like it's insane Aww. because of your approach. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of gratitude for you because I really think if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have found the one thing of all the things I've tried that really has like changed my life. 
Thank you. I feel overwhelmed with emotion from hearing that <laughs> because I I had a choice in my life. I had a choice to stay with a very comfortable job that I was in, a very safe, secure job and continue to do that or to answer the call. And I, I have goosebumps full body because I knew more than anything that what I experienced from this practice was so tremendous. I had to see if other people needed it. And I believe so deeply that so many people would benefit from it. And it doesn't come from a place of ego. I I receive your compliments and I appreciate them so deeply. But I think I really believe that we find our teachers and we're guided mm -hmm. to our teachers and the people that we can relate to, the people we can learn from. There are so many amazing teachers out there and I'm grateful to know them and stand beside them. And for those people who are listening who maybe want to become a teacher, whether it's Kundalini, Pilates, yoga, meditation, there, you're going to find the people that are aligned to learn from you, the ones that you have that soul contract with and that connection to. So I hope anyone listening, um, if they're on the path of being any kind of teacher in the world where it feels like there's so much of everything or anything, just staying aligned to your truth, blocking out the outside noise and just following that because the people who are meant to come into your community or your energy field or whatever it is will. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. I actually love, of course, and I, I will probably tell you that a million more times before I die, but <laughs> I love that you touched on that because I feel like so often we're talking to, I guess, just like the everyday person who's going to learn Kundalini or is into Kundalini already. And I think it's it's cool that you're bringing up a message that serves those that maybe want to teach it or teach some other modality. And I think that's, that's also a great point in terms of like people who have tried not only Kundalini, but anything. And they're like, Oh, I didn't like it. Yeah. You're right. Like maybe you just have to find your teacher and your person with the right message or the right vibe or the story that you can relate to. So just keep searching, I guess. And I can't tell you how many people have told me that they've tried Kundalini before, but it was way too intimidating. They were confused why everyone was dressed in white and the yogic attire. Um, and it it felt – it didn't feel comfortable to them because it wasn't something they were used to. And for me, this practice started in my bedroom in my pajamas by myself right. and it didn't matter what I was wearing or where I was. I always had access to this powerful practice and that's really how I approach sharing it. Like anywhere, anytime you can tap in. Of course, if you wear white, you're expanding your aura and that's strengthening your aura. And if you have a headpiece on, that's great because it's containing this energy that you're awakening within yourself. But it's, I believe, it's all doing what you are intuitively guided to, what you need. And I think we're coming to this age of being our own teachers, our own healers, our own gurus, and truly knowing what works for us and sharing that with full authenticity. And moving from that space is it's it's really powerful and empowering. I will say though, I think a lot of people hear that and including myself, I'm sure you felt it before too. And they're like, but how do I know what's right for me? Like, how do I know mm. what works for me? Whether it comes to working out a career or whatever it is, people that just feel like they can't access that, what would you say? Okay. Chills, full body chills. Your <laughs> questions are so good. And okay. So we have our five senses and living in the age that we're living in, the age of information, it is essential 
to access your intuition. Because right now we can have a philosophy of how we eat, what foods we think are healthy, what practices or exercises we think are healthy, what meditation we think is the best. And we can Google it and find pros and why it's the best thing ever and cons, why it's the worst thing ever and you could die. Like that dramatic of a of a difference. It's very um, polarized. And in this age where we have access to so much information, what is which is wonderful, it's a gift, we need more than ever to have discernment, to be able to take from the outside, whether it's social media, um, the internet, our friends, professionals, myself as a as a a guide or a coach and be able to take that put that in our body or in our awareness and decide for ourselves if that's the best for us and if that works for us and that's your intuition so we have two glands that activate and open our intuition and awareness and that's the pituitary gland and the pineal gland both located in the head and through kundalini it is it's actually a practice practice for the glandular system we have specific eye gazes specific breath works that communicate with our body tells our brain what to do tells our glandular system what to do what hormones to excrete and therefore helps us to create space i don't know if you felt this before but sometimes through breathworks you literally feel these sensations in your body or your head where Things are being moved <laughs> and you could take it however you feel and open to interpreting it, but there we're accessing more of ourselves, more of our brain. We're taking gray matter of the brain. We're accessing it, turning it on, accessing more of our DNA channels in the body. And that's where we activate our intuition. That's where we get that sixth sense. That's where we think about someone and they're thinking about us too, or they call us because it's, it's energy and it's real. So intuition is number one. And of course, Kundalini is an amazing way to build your intuition, eating well and clean, detoxifying the body is another way to activate your intuition. Um, but it is absolutely important and essential. It just sounds like clearing out your system really in yes. any way possible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I felt that in my brain, but now I'm going to like look out for it. I usually feel like, cause I think more so it's because I have anxiety in my chest when mm. I'm breathing out. I feel like I'm breathing out. I visualize like breathing out all the gunk and like the soot in my chest and in yeah. my body. And I'm just like getting rid of it. Yeah. And it is. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, truly. And I've been reading Dr. Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural. I told you that. And there is so much there when it comes to understanding what you're doing. And I know we both had the experience where like we just started and we were like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing or what this is, but it's working. And Mm -hmm. there's so much value to that, to just starting. But after doing it for a while, now that I'm learning the true science behind it, and we've spoken about it and I've learned from you, but like the in-depth Like I'm sitting down, I'm reading a book and really taking the time to understand. You're almost able to access even more, whether that's because my belief in it has strengthened or because I have a different like awareness of what's going on. I'm not sure. I do think as much as clearly I've been doing this for years, there's a reason I've stuck with it. I know it's working, but I'm always a tiny bit of a skeptic and I don't want to be. But when it comes to anything spiritual, it's kind of, I guess it's just my ego comes in and it's like, 
well, that can't be true. Or like, where's the science Mm -hmm. behind it? And it's like, shut up. I just want to believe it. Like it makes me happy. Yeah. I think it's good to be somewhat of a skeptic as well because it helps you to challenge yourself and your beliefs and that keeps us always evolving. And I think that's really important, but it's true. When you, I, I kind of learned this backwards. I experienced it first, experienced a lot of what Joe Dispenza talks about in his books. And I wasn't able to put a name to this or understand it when I first started. I just needed something to save me from the health anxiety and paranoia and constant panic attacks I was experiencing. So once I started that, I experienced it and I would constantly say, feels like I was giving a new set of eyes and more access to my brain. And then as I started to read more um, studies and and Joe Dispenza's work, it's true. You are. You are accessing more of yourself. And just last night, I listened to a YouTube by Sadhguru, and he was saying, we're born into one dimension, which brings forth this experience and our capabilities. And unless we do something else, we can never experience those other dimensions or have other access to to our potential. And we have to do something to turn that on, to awaken it. And and it was a video all about Kundalini um, and how it is it could be considered dangerous just because it is the most potent way. Like it's the fast track. If you're on it, you're, you're moving a lot of stuff very, very quickly. So, um, I always say everyone that I share it with, I'm gracefully introducing you to something so powerful, giving you access to shorter meditations so you could grow with the practice and you could release what you're meant to release. Because if we're not meant to release something, it could feel overwhelming. So releasing at a pace and a time that feels good for us so that we could create space to have access to our higher self and more access to ourselves. I saw you posted that video yesterday. I actually want to make sure to watch it because that sounds really interesting. And it also reminds me of the manifestation challenge that you're doing Yes, right now. And I'm, I'm honestly, I can't do that one. And please correct me if there's another way to do it, but like I have shoulder pain. So doing okay. this every single day, the yeah. whole time I'm thinking about my shoulder pain. So I just of course. can't. So actually really quickly, I just want to share with you so that you could be part of it. You can visualize yourself. And this is a practice in Kundalini that we could do a lot. If we can't physically do something that you're doing in a class or you're doing part of a challenge, you just chant it or breathe with it and visualize yourself doing it and feel it because our body thinks it's actually doing that through visualization. So if you're guided to it, you can just visualize yourself and continue to chant with it. That's actually a question I always have. And I also love that you pointed that out. And this question will help as well, because if anyone does have a physical, something preventing them from feeling like they can do kundalini or anything active, um, I always think about like, you'll say for this meditation, keep your eyes open and I'll be maybe very anxious in that moment. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to see that. I want to tune in. So I'll just close my eyes instead because I feel like intuitively guided to close my eyes instead. Mm -hmm. But then I get in my head of like, or when my shoulder hurts when I'm doing like, what is it called? Ego eradicator. Ego eradicator, yeah. And I like take breaks and whatnot. But I'm always like, oh, is it it not going to work for me now? Because this is all so scientific and blah, blah, blah. And like, I get in my head if I don't do it exactly right, which is an awful way to let go and meditate and cleanse. But what would you say for that? I think that's a really good question for practice, but also 
in life. I think our intention, our thoughts, and our energy is everything. So what we're putting out there is what will be true. So if you're sitting through your meditation and you're like, wow, I'm not going to get the benefits because I'm not doing it perfectly, then you're not going to because you're saying that, you're speaking that, you're believing that. But if you feel and you bring in the mantras of, I'm glad that I made it here, I'm going to get the most out of this that I can, then you will. And like I said, with visualization, um, sometimes it's just showing up. Like in practice, there there was a very specific example that I'll never forget that I think is so important for everyone to learn and realize. A zero to three minute meditation is more significant. Like the space between zero and three is more significant and wider than a three minute meditation to 60 minutes because you got yourself there. You got yourself there. You dipped into the energy and chances are you will feel more comfortable gradually expanding and extending that. So something is better than nothing. And just sometimes being in that energy and listening to it. um, Also though, going back to what you said about closing your eyes, I, this practice has given me such a strong sense of intuition that I know, I know what's best for me and I empower anyone that learns with me to take that and run with that for themselves. Like you know the best for you. If you want to close your eyes, close your eyes. I have a feeling you're talking about the mental balance meditation. And yeah. every time I do it, I close my eyes every time. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm teaching it with integrity to the teachings because these Got are it. ancient teachings. But when I personally practice it, I do close my eyes and it feels so damn good. <laughs> I, like I yeah. just don't want to be here yeah. when I'm tuning in here. Does that make totally. sense? Absolutely. The other thing is about having our eyes open is we're now taking in more information, of course, a lot of information visually. And when we have our eyes closed, we're really tuning into that, that other realm. And by closing our eyes, I think it's so important because we're truly going within and we're entering this different dimension. And you start to feel that very quickly as you continue and have a consistent practice, but there's such power in having the eyes closed and just going within. So I'm glad that you follow that. Totally. And I love what you said about visualization too, because it's true. Whatever you feel is what you're going to believe, or I don't know if I even phrased that correctly, but you are right. And on that note of just like positive affirmations, honestly, I agree with the visualization, but what about when it comes to Speaking of like your manifestation challenge, let's say we're doing a manifestation kundalini. And by the way, if you want like kundalini 101 details, everyone go to our first episode. This is like us taking it a step further and deeper and like follow up questions. But when I'm manifesting, I'm doing a meditation where it's like visualize your future self or visualize Mm -hmm. the one thing you want, whatever it might be. When I'm not in a good place and I can't imagine I'm alone in this, sometimes I either A, cannot visualize anything. And maybe that's because in that moment, I'm not believing in myself, I think, or it's a limiting belief. Or B, I start to think an affirmation or visualize something. And then my ego comes in and says, I don't know, like, if I what's like an affirmation, I'm something and then it's like, no, you're not. And like, Mm -hmm. the ego comes in, or it's like, do you really want that? If I start visualizing a future, it's like, is that what you really want? And it just thoughts come in. How do you yeah. combat that, I guess? Okay. 
I feel like there's so many layers to unpack with this one that I want to share. So first and foremost, thoughts are going to come into your meditation and that's totally normal. Do not beat yourself up about it. Acknowledge them, see them for what they are and release and let them go. So that's number one. Number two is that just by listening, for example, this um, this manifestation challenge, we're chanting Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Wahe Guru, Wahe Guru. And just by listening to that frequency, whether we're thinking something positive or not, it's bringing us to a positive current. So sometimes, and I challenge the listeners, I'm sure you've done this, Jen, but the listeners, if you are in some type of way, if when I'm feeling just like gross energy, like why do I feel like this? I can't even stand my own energy right now. What is happening? I pop on mantra, I play it. Soon enough, I'm singing it. Soon enough, I feel like a million bucks. Like it's, it goes from zero to a hundred. And I'm just like, what? How is this possible? And how did I just find out about this? Like in the last five years, yeah. <laughs> I needed this my whole life. Can you send, so, do you have a playlist of mantras? I do. Okay. My number one, my number one suggested playlist is my protection playlist. And okay. if I'm going through an airport, um, if I'm in a public place that might stir up a little bit of anxiety or just like absorbing energy, um, when else do I really use it? In my car, if I'm driving in traffic, I'm telling you, it dissolves any ick and makes you feel like gold. Like it's from, I'm telling you, one end to the other. So just by listening to mantra and listening to the frequency, you are getting on a positive current. So if you're sitting down and you're doing this meditation and all you're doing is being present with the practice, singing and chanting it, you are ahead of the game. That's wonderful. And that's typically how Kundalini is taught. I think what I do that's a little bit different is I want to encourage you to hop even even deeper on that positive current. I want you to bring in your visualizations. I want you to embody your highest self, where you're going, who you want to be, and feel that because that's really really where we take the quantum shift and truly manifest. So I've kind of married those two together in my own personal teachings and practice while staying committed um, to the traditional practices as well, because I just think it amplifies it even further. But if you don't have the vision, if you don't know what you want, you just sit there feeling good. As long as you're feeling good, you're going to attract something of a higher frequency. And that's typically what we're after. Totally. I think sometimes I just think like, wait, what if I think I've been manifesting one or a few things for so long, it feels like that sometimes I'm like, what if this isn't it? Like, Mm -hmm. what if this isn't what I should, which is a terror. I already know I'm like telling myself no shoulds, but like, what if this isn't what I should be going after? What if it's not meant for me? And that's why it hasn't been delivered to me yet, even though it's like sometimes you just question your own desires because you're like, what if the universe has something better in store? And I know that's why a lot of the times I'll say, yes. or something better. That's and it. I try to just tap into a lot of the times I'll, I'll say, okay, what is it that I want from that though? Like, why do I want, yes. you know, a community on YouTube? And then I'll like peel yes. back the layers and start manifesting that feeling mm-hmm. that I'm after being seen, being heard, whatever, making an impact. Oh, I have such chills because that is such powerful work. I get chills constantly when I'm having a very soul aligned conversation. So I probably say that every five minutes, but it's so true. A lot. It's such a powerful exercise to look at what 
we're after, what it is we're setting intention for, and continue to ask ourselves why until we get to that end goal. And typically it's a lot around freedom. Mm-hmm. Typically, you know, we why do we want to be abundant? Because we want freedom. We want to be able to do what we want and be where we want or why do we want health? Cuz we want we want freedom. We want to be mm-hmm. able to be in this body and experience life in that space of peace or equilibrium or happiness. So I think that's a wonderful exercise when you're manifesting, boiling it down to why and then taking on that emotion. What does that feel like and embodying that? But I actually think it's it's great. Like I know you said like I'm shooting on myself. And in that context, I don't think you are because – it's I think it's a very evolved and mature thought to have. Like, wait a minute, am I asking for what I really want? Am I asking for something from a place of love or from ego? I always do that. Like Is that. my request from a space of love for the highest good, not just for me? but for all? Or is this a place of ego where I want to flex and like have something cool happen? And it's very, very important to realign yourself to that higher space and that place of love. Because once we go down the ego rabbit hole, that's how we can get distracted. That's how we could get out of alignment. And then it takes work to get back to our highest self. So I love that you say, I want this or something even better. I also think you could add in, and those of you listening who might feel the same way, in that moment saying, universe, I trust what you're delivering. You know what I'm asking for, but if you know better, realign me, recalibrate me, and bring me, bring me back to my truth. Oh, I like and that. And that's, yeah, that's another thing you could work in. I definitely need to do that because it's also hard because sometimes it's hard to check yourself, so to speak, oh, yes. and be like, why do I want this? And then it feels icky. And you're like, but I still want it. And so that's it's like, I still want this, even though maybe it is an ego thing. It's like, oh, this is the reason, but like, it doesn't make me want it any less. But sometimes it just opens my eyes to, I'll give a really specific example, honestly, for a long time, it feels like I've been manifesting, having a, like a large loyal community on YouTube and it's shifting and pivoting, obviously, but I feel like that's one thing that's remained consistent And this is a whole nother conversation along the way of feeling like, am I being blocked or am I just being taken in a different timeline? And Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother conversation. But I, in like the last year, peeled back the why behind, like, why do I want, is it, is it an audience? Is it a community? And I'm like, no, it is a community. I don't just want like random people looking at my stuff. Like I want that connection. And I'm like, okay, so that feels positive. I want to make a positive impact, blah, blah, blah. But when you go deeper and deeper, what I realized was in my family and my life growing up, I have always wanted people to take care of themselves and they are either like mentally incapable or whatever it might be. And it just feels like I haven't been heard in that way. Mm. So it's so, it's so interesting to see how it's manifested Mm. into like me trying to get just someone to hear me and see me talking about that on the internet And so on one hand, that's beautiful. And then on the other hand, I question myself, like, is that so selfish? And then I have to, that's my ego. And then I correct it and whatnot. But so it's just interesting when I'm trying to manifest, it can feel icky, but then it can also, when you really peel back the layers, uncover a really strong why behind what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. you can almost 
pivot it into being in service of others, if that makes sense. Totally. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, I don't see it as icky. I see it as you wanting other people to care for themselves and then taking it a step further and asking yourself, why do you want people to care for themselves? And exploring what comes up there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that will most likely guide you back to service and empowerment for other people. But that's like to continue down the whys and really boil it down. Um, Yeah, that's, That's it's a powerful mission that you're on and always taking time to attract in those who are meant to learn from you and who are meant to follow along and receive what they're supposed to um, is a way to continue to keep your community aligned because I do believe everything's energy. So just calling in all of the people who can learn from you, who can be inspired from you, because at the end of the day, especially us, because we're putting ourselves out there and we're putting ourselves out there on social media. We're putting ourselves out there on um, YouTube. And sometimes um, we see other people who could attract something else, Mm -hmm. you know, not the most positive of audiences and can struggle. And then that could be really difficult. But I believe when we stay aligned and we're attracting in who's meant to be there, it's a very different frequency. It's quality over quantity. And maybe it's a slower burn and a slower grow, but it's a community that appreciates you for what you're putting out and who are learning from you and experiencing um, what they're meant to. Absolutely. And just like just now, as we were speaking, I was having this epiphany of like, it's not that I'm, which I've known, but it's not that I'm trying to attract like people similar to those that didn't listen to me when I was younger. It's like, I'm trying to help those that have felt how I have felt. Yes. And we can all connect and do the work together because regardless of what your family life is or what struggles come your way or what traumas come your way, it's like, we can turn to practices like Kundalini and we can, it's every single person's choice, I believe. I deeply believe it's every single person's choice to choose a happier life. And I know people have been dealt terrible hands and Mm -hmm. some people have mental health issues that don't allow them to think clearly, but to choose getting help is something you can choose. And I just think that's something I feel so strongly about. And then it's like, okay, we just boiled it down to all these whys and it is out of love, but you can, the ego comes in and you're like, why do you want YouTube subscribers? And it's like, no, it, so yes. why, why, yes. why, why, why? It goes yes. so deeper than that. It goes so deep. And your title of your podcast is coming really, it's like really hitting now because mm-hmm. it's dare to self-care. So it's challenging for people to take the first step and say, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to get better. I'm ready to put in really uncomfortable work to be my best self. And some people, it's a freak. I, I see it as a frequency. And some people aren't able to get on the match of self-caring and of being able to care for themselves. And um, that it just, your explanation of everything that's guided you here really put together that title because it is, it's like, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to put in the work? And it's not easy. What's interesting when you talk about like getting to a different frequency and are you willing Mm -hmm. to do that? What it just made me think of is like something I've actually been thinking about recently and I really want to dive into with you about is when you feel like you've gotten to a new frequency or you're on a different path (laughs) and your routines and everything and everything is like we're skipping ahead months after you've made that choice and everything mm-hmm. is feeling so much better for you. 
it's almost like feeling bad for who you are leaving behind, if that makes sense. It's like you're on this new frequency now and you're, you can, you know, handle a trauma or a situation or a fight with someone and you can turn to your breath work and you can choose to move forward with your day and you can choose to let go of their energy and put it back to them. But like, they don't have the practices that you have. They don't have, and it comes back to it being a choice for every single person. But I think it's just interesting to think about not who you're leaving behind, but how confusing it can be when you create this new lifestyle for yourself and feel better. And then there's people who just like aren't familiar with this side of you and they get not resentful. I'm sure deep down it comes from an envy that you're able to access your higher self and feel better and move on from things quickly. But it can be hard to match the frequency of others that you used to match once you step out of that. Is that making any sense? It does. And it actually brought up something else as well of not feeling guilty. I don't think guilty is the right word, but feeling that you have these tools and all you want to do is share them. And some of the people you love the most might be the most unwilling to take the advice or try what you found to be so magical and so helpful. And what I've really come back to, and I think this will be helpful to you and others who have been in this situation, is when in the practice praying for those people or chanting for those people, sending them your your final longtime son and sending them so much light because I, I know, because I've had evidence of it in my specific life, how powerful my energy is and how the people closest to me who have soul contracts with me, brothers, mother, father, husband, they can feel a shift from the work that I do. And I can't say that for everyone. Everyone has to, you know, feel um, into this and experience it. But the people who are open to receiving healing from me and who I have permission to send healing to, because I think that's a really important part of it, um, they can feel that shift. So I, at times where I'm feeling down, like, oh, this person's not really understanding me because we are on a different frequency or, oh, I wish this person could just find the relief that they can through this practice or through another practice. And I just give it to the universe because it's really too heavy for me to hold. I have a lot of work to do here and as do you. And I have a lot of light that I want to bring to people who are open and ready and willing. So I surrender it to the universe and I just say, I I send so much love and protection to this person. If there's any misconception, if this person didn't hear me through our language or a conversation um, to the way I wanted to be heard, I'll let the energy or the universe take care of it. I'll let anything, any misconception or misalignment in our conversation be completely cleared so that they can feel my truth and whatever that is. And they could feel my perspective and be more empathetic or understanding. And I always ask for that too from them because I want my ego removed when I'm in a a conflict or a conversation with someone else. I want to be able to truly hear them. So I think surrendering it over, it's funny because I think in our lives, we make it more complicated because we think we have to do everything, but we have a team of angels. We have spirit guides. We have the energy of the universe. And it's as simple as saying, universe, this is too heavy for me. Please help clear this of me and make peace. And it really, really, I know it sounds like crazy talk. (laughs) I know it sounds like crazy talk, but it's not. It really works. And to people who aren't in this frequency, like people I know and love, it sounds magical, 
because it actually is, because magic really does exist within ourselves. It triggered a question in me. Yeah. But then when you said, surrender it to the universe, it's too heavy for me, that was like a huge relief for me. Because what my question was going to be, in case anyone else experiences this, sometimes there's someone who's just making me so frustrated, let's say. Multiple people, not even talking about just one, but like someone's making you so frustrated because they can't take care of themselves, let's say, in that situation, which is causing conflict between the two of you. And so then you go to your meditation, right? And there are some meditations where you'll even say, bring up that person that, you know, you're in not conflict with, but that like, I don't, what's the the wording? It's like sometimes in a meditation, it'll be like, bring up that person that like your enemy almost like bring up someone okay. that you're not. I don't even know what I say because it's really, <laughs> it's like a channel, you know, I could never yeah. recall what I say, but um, probably like bring up the energy or the person or the place or the feeling that might be feeling dense in your body or of a lower, a lower vibration. Yes, that. So I'll do that. But then I get upset because I'm like, okay, I don't want their energy right now. Mm, I don't want it to manifest in my body. It's Mm -hmm. making me like angry, let's say, and I'm trying to manifest positive feelings. So then I get in my head about that. And it's like, I don't even want them in this safe space. But I do agree with bringing them into your meditation practice can be beneficial. But when you said like saying this is too heavy for me, surrender it to the universe, that just gave me almost permission to be like, okay, I don't have to sit with their energy or get angry or pray for them during my time. But just saying, bringing them into the picture and and surrendering it because it's too heavy for you rather than almost like when you feel like you're wasting your time, when they could, it's like they could meditate for themselves. Why am I doing this? But I love how I you just you. said surrender. <laughs> I hear you. And I also, I think, um, as do you consider yourself an empath where you take on other people's Very energy? much so. Yeah. So we, other fellow empaths or highly sensitive people who are listening might relate to this. But sometimes when I'm in, in person with someone, having a conversation with someone who I'm very close to, and I know that their energy is very intense, I could start to feel my body take it on. And it literally comes in like it's, it has penetrated the aura and there's a home invasion happening where like this energy is coming in. And I immediately in that moment, exhale, whether I am on my inhale or my exhale, I don't Mm -hmm. care. I'm pushing that out. And taking a moment to say that energy is not welcomed in my system, my body, or my field, and I just release it out and then take my own inhale to fill myself back up. And what I want to say about what you shared is that it's so true. Sometimes our meditation is for ourselves. And just by taking that time for ourselves, we are automatically helping everyone that we're connected to. That's how powerful the energy is. And the oneness. Like we, when we get into meditation, we're tapping into this collective consciousness that we are all part of. We are not separate. We think we are, but we're not. We're part of this field altogether and our energy affects everyone else and vice versa. So when we're in that meditation, you're already benefiting everyone around you. You don't have to consciously bring them in, especially if you're not ready to. Sometimes you may be ready to bring in healing um, for other people, but I think it is 100% a time for you where you should take it all for yourself until you, and maybe you never feel ready 
to Mm -hmm. send out any other energy to anyone other than yourself. And that's fine too. Yeah. It's so interesting, like the ebbs and flows of your meditation practice. I get, it's just like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, sometimes that energy is so present where I'm like Mm -hmm. anxious about how I'm meditating or who I'm meditating for and all of that. And then sometimes I'm just so in flow and in guidance and in believing in it. And then, and sometimes I don't feel buzzy at all because Mm -hmm. I'm so in my head or I'm not setting up my space. It's just right now I'm beyond in a flow and could not live without Kundalini and it makes me buzz and all of the things, but it does ebb and flow. And a lot of questions actually I'm realizing that people asked for you when I just posted on Instagram was like how to stay consistent. And I feel like the more consistent you are, the more you can tap into that buzziness and just Mm -hmm. surrender yourself to the meditation. But I do want to give you just the floor to anyone who's like, how do I stay consistent? Yeah. I want to share with you too. I think it's related to your question, but I promise I'll get to both. So sometimes the thing about Kundalini is it is very, very powerful and known to be one of the most, if not the most potent practice you can do. So with that being said, you have to have the energy to do it. If you are completely depleted, even tuning in takes a lot of energy. And that gets, I mean, when you're feeling good, that takes you to a whole other level. But if you feel extremely depleted, that can feel like a lot. It could feel like it is considered a Kriya in and of itself, just tuning in. So on the days where I've been depleted or even sick, like under the weather with the flu or a virus or whatever, and I knew my body couldn't handle the megawatts I wanted to bring in through my breath and the mantra, I would just tune in and, and go right into long, slow, deep breathing because that helps me to keep a connection to my higher self. It helps me to align to the frequency of where I want to be. But some days we're just simply not there. So for me, consistency comes from a few different places. My practice started because of the immediate benefits I found. And I said to myself, if this can do this for me for only, I started with three minutes. If I'm experiencing this from only three minutes, I'm going to stick with this every day and I'm going to see what else it could bring. And every single day I would wake up and do that. And the connectedness, as I've gotten deeper in my practice, the connectedness and the depth and the bliss and the ecstasy and the euphoria I've experienced for my practice, I never want to be without because it is, it's the best feeling in the world. Truly it is. And that is what keeps me coming back. Also having a community of people who I teach, it's my duty to take care of my own energy and to practice what I preach and to show up for myself so that I could show up for other people. How would I ever be able to teach if I'm not living by this and doing it and practicing it myself? So I think those are the ways that have helped me stay consistent. And this desire, I I just often think like we get one life in this physical body to live. We get one experience. I want to make it my best. I want to show up every day as my best self. I want to do as much as freaking possible during this time here. And I know the practice will give me that, give me that energy and support. So that's what, it's like that intrinsic motivation that does guide me. And if you don't feel intrinsically motivated, I think writing down goals or things that you want to achieve, intentions, having people that can help hold you accountable, following people on socials or YouTube that motivate you and inspire you to be consistent, I think are all ways that um, can help with consistency. 
Yeah. And you'll find something that you don't dread. Like it doesn't have to be. Yes. Yes. Finding something that makes you feel like a magical unicorn, whatever (laughs) it is, find it and just do it. And the other thing about consistency I should say too, is that it can be one minute. It can be three minutes. It can be Om Namo Gurudev Namo Satnam and that's it. It could just be playing a mantra. So not having the most lofty expectations of yourself, being realistic, doing what you can and a little bit every day goes a really long way. Okay. I think playing a mantra is going to be part of my new routine when I make my coffee because I usually listen I love to that. an audiobook. But I think a mantra in the morning playing it because I have I honestly haven't done that. I play frequencies, but not yeah. mantras. And now I want to try that. Wait, one more thing. Your yeah. coffee will take on that frequency because it's liquid. It's water. Water takes on frequencies that it's surrounded by. And then you're going to consume that frequency. Wow. Stop it right now because I like really need to honestly quit coffee for my stomach and blood sugar, but maybe, but I'm not going to. So maybe if I just play mantras. But I'm not going to. I love how honest you are (laughs) and realistic you are. Makes me too happy. Um, I get it. Maybe like the mantra will make it magical coffee that doesn't have my stomach anymore. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Intentions, everything. Exactly. Okay. I have a big question for you that just popped up into my head. Do you think, do you feel you manifested quitting your job teaching and doing this full time? And was it intentional? Were you like every single day manifesting, I want to do this full time, I want to do this full time? Or were you just manifesting a certain feeling and something greater and this is the form it manifested in? Good question. So I... To bring it back even further, I recognize that I manifested my teaching job without ever consciously knowing that I was manifesting. Um, So I remember being a student teacher when I was going to college, working at this school and saying like, I'm going to work here one day. I'm going to work at this school one day. And then I left there and taught in the Bronx and sure enough, three years later, back to that school. And then after I started to learn about manifestation, I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize I've consciously, unconsciously manifested things that I wanted just by thinking it, believing it, knowing it and saying I'm going to do it, period, the end. So once I started to experience a spiritual awakening in 2017, every single day I would get out my journal before I even started to practice Kundalini. I wanted to start a meditation practice and I did not know how to meditate. And that's so me, like going from no meditation to the most potent meditation. Like that is me in a nutshell. Like give me the hardest, most intense, something that will crack me wide open, take me to the top, whatever it is, let's go. So before I even knew how to meditate, I had a a manifestation journal and I would write every day. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm ready for my life's purpose and calling. I know it's meant, I know I'm meant to help people. I'm meant to empower them. I'm meant to help them live their best life. I think it has something to do with movement, maybe meditation, something that's deeply connected to the soul. And I would just write this out every day. (laughs) And I would listen to the Ekonkar Satguru Prasad mantra because that amplifies anything you're thinking about. And I would just write it every day. Like, I know that this is what I'm going to do. I can't wait. Universe, let me know what it's supposed to be. Let it come into my awareness. And then one day I stumbled upon Kundalini, tried it. And there it is, the movement, the meditation, the breath work, the deep soul connection. I was like, and I didn't know, I didn't even know that like, this is where it was going. I'm like, okay, this can help me with my panic attack and my anxiety. So 
I practiced for, I think a year. And then after one year, I was like, okay, I am going to teacher, teacher training. And I told my husband, I'm like, don't worry, I'm not going to teach Kundalini. Like, I'm not going to be a yogi. I'm not going to be a meditation teacher. I just need to go to find what I am supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So day two, all of a sudden, I got what I call a divine download. I did not pay attention on day two. I should probably go back. <laughs> just kidding. Um, day two was a download from the universe of everything I was supposed to do, action steps, how it was supposed to happen. And I was like, okay, I'm starting this thing called Evolve and where, I mean, I don't know if I had the name that day. I think the name is probably something that came later, but I started to do it. And over that time of sharing meditations, I saw how many people responded so well to it, had the shifts and experience similar to my own. I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. I knew it. This is really powerful. It's not just me. Like people are experiencing this. And as I continued on, it grew and it grew. In 2020, we had a huge awakening where more people were open to this. And I I did not think I was going to go back to work after 2020, but I did. I went back to teaching for um, one more year and I cried a lot. And I would, I became like almost like a brat a little bit because I was like, I know I'm not listening to my life's purpose and I know I'm not supposed to be there this year. Why did I do this against my higher self? But that was part of the journey. And that I was very much in my ego at some moments that year because I saw it one way, but the universe guided me another way. And I see now why, but I do think it was an active form of manifestation. It was something I visualized. Um, I would write about it all the time in my journal and it's just something I knew, something I knew I had to fulfill and do. And I actually would get worried sometimes. Like, I would say to myself, if I ignore this, what's going to happen to bring me back? Like, I know this is what where I'm meant to be. If I ignore it and go and continue to teach elementary school for five more years, what is the next five years going to look like? How will I feel? Will I be able to hold the space? Will something happen that has to trigger me to go back to where I'm meant to be? And I just knew I chose the path of least resistance, even though it was very challenging and a very hard decision to make. I knew what I had to do and I had to just follow this. So I do think it was a very active form of manifestation. Um, I wrote about it all the time, listened to mantra, visualized it. And just when you practice this and you probably know this, your intuition becomes so loud. It becomes very hard to ignore. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what's aligned to you and you know what's not. It's so true. Because yeah. I have not questioned one decision I've made, yeah. and I've made made some big decisions as yeah. you know, like over yeah. the last two three years, like the decision to go part time and then quit my job and then go back to full time. Like I've made some really big life changing decisions, and I can't tell you one time that I was ever. You probably would have known because I would have reached out to you and said, "What meditation do I do?" I've never questioned it and been like, ah, am I making the wrong decision? And you're so right. It's because I've been doing this every day. And I think it just strengthens your intuition so strongly to that Mm -hmm. you just feel like you're flowing and being guided through life. And not to say these decisions don't feel like a big deal or you don't get, you know, any anxiety around change or anything like that. But I've never had to really sit you know, those people who like just cannot make the decision for the life of them. 
Yeah, I, it was me before this. I, was just say, I used to be so indecisive and yeah. it is so not something I'd say about myself anymore. And it's crazy. I think the practice helps us to, it saves us time. It allows us to be more efficient because we are aligned where we have more clarity. So we're not easily thrown off. The noise outside is not going to sway us. It's almost going to make us stand firmer in our decision and our path. And I really don't believe in the wrong decision because- Well, well, I should say this. I think if you're doing the work, if you're staying aware, if you're eating well and you're you have a clear-ish channel, no one's completely clear in the world yeah. that we're living in with all the things that are bleh, around us. Yeah. But if you if you work to have a clear channel, if you work to activate your intuition, you can make decisions that are going to take you slightly off your path, but I believe that the universe is going to course correct you and be like Mm, you hit a roadblock, time to turn around, go back where you started, like like a game almost and totally. redirect you. And then you end up where you are meant to be. But I think there needs to be some awareness and some conscious intention setting. And for those people who are like, I want to be aligned to my path and I want to do what I'm meant to do. I don't have a meditation practice. Maybe you start your practice today or tomorrow, waking up and saying, universe, guide me to where I'm meant to be, to the people I'm meant to be with, to the relationships I'm meant to have, to the places I'm supposed to be in, guide me. How much pressure does that take off you and your decisions? Like, it's like, whoo, guide me. Okay. (laughs) I think that's what it is though. It's not that like, oh, I'm just not indecisive anymore. It's that I'm, I'm so sure that I can make any decision that feels right in the moment. And if it doesn't feel right or whatnot, like I just know I'm being guided and it's a part of my timeline. And there's just more assurance in as like silly as it sounds, the universe and being guided and energy and just knowing that even if this doesn't feel good, I'll know that this doesn't feel good because my intuition's so strong. And I'll know, Mm -hmm. just like you said, to course correct. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just that assurance and that, you know you're good. Like when you're doing this practice, you just know that no matter what happens, you're on your path. Everything's happening for some reason, whether it's a lesson, whatever it might be. And you just know like you'll be good. Try it out. If it doesn't, you just have like such clarity and reassurance through it. Yes. It's so true. I do have, I knew you were going to be like my longest conversation, like, cause I just wasn't going to cut it off. I want (laughs) to ask you, if anyone's listening and they just want, cause that was another question that people wrote, just like best manifestation tip. Obviously there's so much that goes into that, but for someone who just needs like a little jump start on like, how yeah. the hell do I start manifesting? Okay. First, believe that you're worthy. Like I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be abundant. You deserve to live a life of peace, of bliss, of happiness, of prosperity. So I think the first step is really knowing that you're worthy and knowing that you're ready to receive. You're open to receive and ready. Feeling good doing things that make you feel really good and connected will help manifestation be a little bit quicker because you're on the frequency to attract it. So sometimes we think like if we want to manifest, let's just use work as an example. If we want to reach a goal at work, we have to put our head down and work and work and work. Of course, there's work that has to go on. But another really important piece of this is feeling good while you do it. And sometimes taking a break just to feel good and tune into the frequency can bring that much more. So there, yeah. we're living in a 3D realm 
realm here, but there's there are other dimensions and there's a lot of energy that assists us in bringing in our manifestation. So don't limit yourself by old constructs or beliefs that you've had about manifestation. Just feel good. Know that you're worthy. Um, and I think journaling is a really important practice. And that's how I started my manifestation practice, my conscious manifestation practice and playing mantra. The Ekonkar mantra is very powerful. It amplifies anything you're thinking about, um, writing down or speaking about. So playing that, maybe we could put a link to the song in the show notes so yeah. people can access that. And then of course, practicing something like kundalini that's elevating your vibration because when you are in an elevated state, you are going to have elevated experiences and opportunities come in. And it is, it's very magical. I go on forever, but I think like the whole show <laughs> captures the magic, but like I could go into that more, but just, just try it out. And people will say like, I just started this and I cannot believe what started to happen. I, I know someone who actually ended a relationship, started practicing and now they got back together and it's like a oh. completely different relationship because they're a completely different person. So like you just don't know how it will impact you. That's kind of like what I just said. Like Ethan and I were fighting and then we both meditated and we were just yeah. a different couple. Like it's Cause you were like on different channels and it's like the static, like they're mm -hmm. like, you can't, you can't hear or understand each other. And then you smoothed out the frequency and it's like, Whoa, look it's at that. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so crazy to not take advantage of it too. Like I just oh, yeah. am so obsessed. And every time I talk I to you, I get like re-inspired and excited to, I'm like, now I want to do a Kriya tonight after I yes. sauna, like so excited. Literally, <laughs> I have no plans this weekend. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like weird. I have like nothing to do this weekend. I'm like, oh, wait. I got excited. Oh, wait. I could do an extra long Kriya. I could be chanting mantra for an hour. It's like it really opens up this whole portal. It's like you could never be bored because you have access to something that's life-changing and you could dip right into it. It's always there for you. Well, that's also why I love Kundalini is because you can never get bored because it's not doing the same thing over and over and over yes. again. It's like I feel like every day my practice is different. Yes. And some days are really hard. Some breath works are really hard where you're like, this is nearly impossible. And then other ones are like, oh, this is so soothing and calming and peaceful. Yeah. So it's true. There's it's definitely fun. a variety. It's fun. Like once you get into it, it's like you, you start to be like, oh, what am I in the mood for today? I'm going to do a hard workout. So I'm going to do some hard or energizing breath work in the morning. Or maybe yes. it's like day one of my menstrual cycle. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm so fatigued. I want to do something that like just calms me and slow breathing. So it's kind of fun once you get into it to be able to, especially on your platform, just like pick around and it's like literally yeah. like choosing something off the menu. It's so yes. fun. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so happy to hear that. I choose it like in the morning. I don't do it the night before. I like wake up and even though I probably shouldn't be looking at my phone, it's like something I look forward to choosing like the perfect meditation for that morning. So I, I think that's it. important too, because it's based off of how you feel just like a workout. Sometimes our bodies are more able for the high intensity workouts, or sometimes we need something more restorative and yin. And I see the practice the same way. And I like, I like that you have the choice and that you're able to choose each morning. I think that's why it's so easy to be consistent though, because it's yes. not similar to, I would find TM, which I think 
is life changing for so many people and I've never tried it and it would probably change my life too. But it intimidates me because I'm like, so I have to sit there and sounds twice a day for 20. Like there's no wiggle room in that practice, in my opinion. Whereas in this one, it's like, it's fun, it's intuitive and there's so many options and it's just, I need something, I guess, that's just a little more exciting and doesn't feel dreadful ever. Not one day because I know even on a day I'm dreading meditating, I can find a three-minute micro whatever and it's not dreadful in the slightest. Totally. Okay. Let's go into the ending segments even though I could talk to you all night. Um, okay. Any segment, fun facts and favorites. First one is you gave us your top self-care tip last time. Obviously it's Kundalini. So I want to ask you your top self-care tip that isn't Kundalini. Good question. Hmm. (laughs) So I actually have really started to love acupuncture. Uh, I have a great acupuncturist and it's a time where I actually receive. So in Kundalini, we're working hard. Like we're (laughs) doing some hard, deep work there. And um, I always lead my own meditations for myself just because I know what I want and, and that's what I do. But it's nice to actually have space held for me from an acupuncturist where I could just lie there. And what's really cool that I've noticed um, is that my practice of kundalini has opened me up to receive maximum benefits of other practices. So like when I get on that table and she puts the needles in me, I'm lit. I feel like I'm in another dimension. Like I get that buzzy energy, a lot of energy moving. So I guess I would say it's acupuncture. I don't do it enough. So it's not something I do daily or even weekly, but Mm -hmm. I do try to make time for it. Okay, cool. I've tried it before and I totally, it is like a meditative experience once the needles are in and you're left in the room. It really is. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. What's your favorite book? Okay. So fiction or like spiritual? I would say spiritual for this one. Okay. Seven Spiritual Laws of Success is one that I recommend all the time, um, especially with manifestation. I believe that played a really big role in helping me manifest. It gives you – we know the one spiritual law everyone knows, the law of attraction. Well, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of us know. Um, And this is seven of the spiritual laws. So there are more that exist. And when we can use them and access them, we're able to – be a huge attractor. But I do want to say one more book, if that's okay. (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) No, I just could talk forever. So (laughs) the book Cured by Dr. Jeffrey Rediger. So this book is about um, health anxiety actually is what led me on this healing journey. And this book is about a doctor who has seen miraculous cases of people being miraculously healed and spontaneously healed from whatever it is they're experiencing. And he decided to follow them and kind of find common threads of what these people did to possibly create the spontaneous healing within themselves. And I just, I geek out on this stuff. So the book Cured, I think it's amazing. Okay. I'm adding both of those to my Goodreads. I might listen. I might buy seven spiritual laws of what is it? Spirituality. Spiritual laws of success. Spiritual laws of success. I might get that, have it on my coffee table and like read a few pages every morning. It feels like that. I love that. It feels like. I love that idea. Okay. I'm going to do that. Um, Okay. What's your favorite way to move? 
Oh, so I love walks to the beach. It's my favorite, um, especially in the summer, like being outside with the sunshine. I love moving my body in that way. And then I also love like a Pilates high intensity sculpt um, to get everything firing up as well. And then also, of course, Melissa Wood Health. I love her too. Love. And by the way, that collaboration, like both of you getting the best, whether it's a workout or meditation and and prioritizing like the mini ones so people can always squeeze it in like you both do that so it was like a seamless collab I love love it um okay wellness product you can't live without right now wellness product um and I'll link all of these things below what would be considered a wellness product well like how about I give you one (laughs) and you tell me so this is good feedback because I just came up with this question for the new season and if it's not clear I'm going to reword it. But basically what I mean is like whether it's like a sleepy time tea or like an essential oil roller, like a wellness junkie product. Okay. I have to share the first thing that came to mind because I'm literally obsessed. Um, I hope this counts. You can tell me, but Clever Blends, and I actually want to recommend it to you. Clever Blends, I had to stop drinking coffee seven years ago because of my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had coffee in so long, but I started drinking Clever. Their chai is delicious and they have adaptogens in them, mushrooms, um, I think collagen, um, probiotics, prebiotics, and they're delicious and so clean. Like there's no sugar. I think it's just monk fruit sweetener. A lot of the ingredients are organic. So I love the chai. I love the matcha, um, but I'm loving their new mocha because it's a mix of coffee and cacao. And it's the perfect mix because I haven't had coffee in so long. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it feels so decadent. So I want you to try it too. Wait, I absolutely will. And that's exactly what I mean by wellness products. I'm such a junkie for this stuff. Like I, I will buy anything anyone tells me it's terrible. Like you're going to be so addicted. It's not even funny. Okay. Amazing. I'm definitely going to get that. Um, okay. Lastly, what would be your last meal on earth? Let me just keep it simple. I am a huge bagel lover. Like Mm -hmm. I love an everything bagel with like some tofu, cream cheese, lettuce, onion, tomato. Um, I'm going to go with a bagel, everything bagel. Okay. Scooped out toasted. Oh, of course. Amazing. Okay. (laughs) I will probably podcast with you again soon. Yes, it was so I good can't to see not you. steal your time. Um, I, I love, love you. you. Thank you so much. I mean, I see you every single morning when I meditate, but <laughs> it's good to talk to you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Love Thank you. you for having me back. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode. Please, please, please leave a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you just can't get enough of this podcast, go subscribe over on YouTube. You can see the full-length video episodes and shorter clips as well. You can find TikTok clips over at Jen Lauren with two N's. You can find Instagram Reels if that's your jam over on Instagram at Jen underscore Lauren with two N's and even Dare to Self Care Pod on Instagram. So, You never have to go a day without Dare to Self-Care. 